We're going back to back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and who, sir, are you? Producer Mad Duncan, how are you doing, sir? I am. Uh, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm uh, punched my way through this pandemic. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing uh, all right. There's some ups and downs and all of this, like we're all having. But uh, you know, I'm trying to stay as positive as possible. And I'm glad that we get to do this podcast and uh, add some content. Every time we're done, I feel like I'm energized again. You know. Yeah, me too. And I'm uh, quite thankful for these last dance episodes. Yes. They're giving us some uh, some content that is, uh, although not current, um, kind of like, uh, you know, new again in a way. Yeah, no, definitely new again. And, you know, for, for me, I'm learning a lot of stuff that I, I didn't know. You know, I just knew the team was great. I didn't know all the inside stuff like this. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Is, is there anything that like... I'm 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 watching it with uh with with my wife um and uh you know all sorts of stuff it's like she knows quite a bit as well but you know a lot's jumping out to her is there anything that kind of um you know cuz like me, me and you don't exactly talk on the pod about uh um what what's kind of jumped out as like new to either of us but yeah, yeah is there anything that jumps to your, jumps to mind um i guess i didn't like I always heard that Michael Jordan was like big into gambling and stuff, but I didn't realize how intense he was into it. And they kind of, you know, in the last couple episodes, you, you get to dabble into that a little bit and see, you know, just like even when they're like throwing the quarters at the wall, at the security guards, it's just so funny right. to see. You yeah. Know, it's like, oh man, yeah, that's like, that's like the purest form of someone who that might have a gambling problem was like, you know, trying to find absolutely anything you can bet on. <laughs> kind of thing but and also just how he handled it where like he kind of is like i don't know everything's fine like you know it was kind of like oh okay uh what is something wrong then i don't know what's going yeah, on yeah the the ahmad rashad <laughs> sunglasses interview is quite the scene oh yeah 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 see like i didn't realize that was going on that there was like you know all of this controversy in this in that season and you know, it just seems like it would have been such a tense. It was interesting to hear him say, he's like, my body's getting tired, but he's like, his mind is like way past tired, you know, like. Yeah. And I think he has said so many, you know, even though he's obviously like a guarded guy for, um, you know, pretty documented reasons. Yeah. Um, he's like one of the most famous people in the world, but he, he definitely has said some kind of like telling things. Um, like what he said something last episode, it's, um, uh, it's kind of escaped the tip of my mind right now, but it's something along the lines of his, uh, oh yeah, with, with the betting, just saying that I want to have some of like, even like, you know, even though the guys were betting a dollar each, he yeah. said, like, I want your I money have in my pocket, your money in my yeah. pocket. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's just like, he has so many unique ways of being like diabolical or just, a. 
just the attitude, and obviously, you know, it wasn't just him, but the attitude towards Isaiah Thomas, even if Isaiah Thomas was a jerk, it's just kind of like, it was just really, he's just really intense. And, yeah. and it, it would be, it would be scary, I think, in a lot of ways to be around a competitor like that. Um, but, uh, sorry. Yeah. Is there, were, were you going to jump in with something? Well, no, I was just going to say that security guard with like the curly mullet, he seems oh, yeah, like a real, cool. he seems like a real strange character. And if there's going to be a spinoff from this, I'd like to learn more about him. Cause, uh, oh my God. Yeah. That guy, hundred <laughs> percent. I could see him popping up like in like different, you know, just like <laughs> photos in history. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Absolutely. He was part of the, like, the Madonna RuPaul, like drag scene in New York and the, in the seventies, you know what I mean? And like, I feel like that guy I, came. He like came to the United. Is it the United Center where they play? I think it's the uh, United. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he came to the United Center for like an Eagles concert, and he just never left. He just yeah, <laughs> he just sleeps in a cot. Or <laughs> 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 how about that? How about man? We're not even talking about the guy that really got Michael into trouble in the beginning. With like the guy, the kind of kind of has the Jerry curls. Like oh, the guy who's slim. Like, uh, a full time, yeah, yeah, like caddy hustler. Yeah, like that. That <laughs> sounds like like a throwback B movie. Yeah, like this like guy who's like a caddy hustler. But it's like no, that's Michael Jordan's friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. We need to get more into that story too, and that fifty-seven thousand yeah. dollar debt Michael Jordan paid him. Yeah, that guy like basically couldn't even wake up for Tiger King. <laughs> like that guy's watching Tiger King and he's like, boring. Yeah. <laughs> I do golf shit. I'm crazy. Oh god. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's set people up here. So, um, if you're listening to us, thank you so much. Um, you found us. Uh, if you want to find us or share us or tell people about us, um, where where can people do that, Matt? Well, you can go on to the the old classics, as I like to call them, iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher, where you can please subscribe, please rate. Um, those who have, thank you so much. It, it means a lot to us and it helps us move on up to the east side. And hey. uh, yeah, we just, you know, go to dunkspodcast.com. We've got all our links there for all our social media, as well as, you know, subscribing to iTunes and whatnot. And what if people, you know, they want to put something on their head for warmth or fashion, but they're terrified of, you know, the fact that they just don't know if it will itch or not. Uh, you know what? I woke up today and I was like, holy darn, it is cold out. And we've got a cure for that. We've got anti-itch tukes, Confederacy of Dunks. Uh, wow. Probably the only anti-itch toque you're going to find on the market. Well worth the cheddar. You got a dish out, 20 bucks a head top. Let us know. We've got a spot, not a Spotify, a Shopify to uh, handle all this uh, money and uh, we can uh, get that to you in the mail. Snail. And what about if you, you know, you so believe in us, you want to be an investor in, the, yeah. in this, uh, in this podcast so that, you know, when we break out of this, this coronavirus pandemic hellscape will be the biggest podcast in the world. Um, well, you can go to our Patreon uh, page at dunks podcast. Oh, sorry. No patreon.com slash dunks podcast. And we also have a link on our website. You can help support us any way you can, and we can put a little more juice into the pod and more content. You also get some exclusive stuff. You know, you get the, the episodes, uh, before they, they hit the airwaves everywhere else, get them early. And, you know, you might get some Freddy's hot sauce, you know, and, uh, hey. 
Uh, no biggie. Hopefully your pepper, you got some new peppers on the horizon for uh, your next batch. We do. We do. We got, I got seeds humming, uh, some dragon's toast, some Genghis Khan. I don't even know what those are. I'm just hoping they're hot. Nice. Uh, but um, yeah, we got some great guests on the pod. So let's, uh, let's jump to it. And Matt, um, if you're ready, you better say, okay. 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 Let's, uh, let's fire it up here. Um, guest number one, uh, he's hilarious. He, um, has been on the podcast, I think twice. He should be on the podcast more. Uh, he's one of the best, uh, sketch dudes I know. And, uh, he's just, a, he's just a radical man. How about this? I did a commercial once with him and, uh, basically everyone on set was going wild for him the whole time. And I'm like, I hate you guys because I actually know him more. And then it was a weird <laughs> conflicting feeling, but, um, yeah, give it up at home for Patrick Ronan Stewart. Hey, buddy, how's it going? I'm happy to be alive. <laughs> that was, a, that was a very fun commercial because I just yelled and, uh, just went woo for like 45 minutes. And they're like, Hey, you're gonna get paid $20,000, but Whoa. it's just $700. But oh. Hey, I, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Yeah, that was a bit of a roller coaster. It was weird. Bit like, of a non-union gig there. Hard selling how like how much we were gonna get paid, and then you, and then yours didn't get picked up at all, and then mine got picked up for a couple hundred bucks. Wow. Sorry. Go, were you gonna say something, Matt? No, I just said it sounds like a non-union gig. Non-union. Very union, actually. That was a union oh, gig. It was union, baby. Yeah. What the hell? Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's. Uh, Let's move yeah. on from this um, commercial shop. <laughs> Very, talk. Neat. Very neat. Very uh, neat. And let's bring on guest number two, who could also join in the commercial shop talk, but we're here to talk some ball. Um, he's awesome. He's a great stand up. And uh, yeah, he's been on the podcast a million times. Give it up for Yao Atua. We just want him to wait and have our uh, complaint on. Are we in for the drop? Wow. I was waiting for the drop. <laughs> yeah, we, we let the beat ride. <laughs> I on did. That one. You know what? It reminded me of uh, this past weekend up in the six where the weather was wonderful. And that song always makes me feel like summer. Um, that was you jumping the uh, barricades at the uh, cherry blossoms at Hyde Park? Oh, not, not my jam, but if I live closer, I might be compelled to. Yes. I live very close and um, I'm going to listen to this podcast tomorrow and I'll, I'll have a very meta time. And during this sequence, I'm going to do that. Like nice. In broad daylight. Oh, people and, will not uh, stop you because they, as soon as you're like, wait, 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 it's on the pod. They'll be like, oh, we understand. Yeah. Freddie, while you're yeah, there. I think be- why you're there, Freddie? Would you free the capybaras again? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I'm 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 never afraid to do is is free an animal that's already <laughs> broken free. <laughs> because to me, I'm like, you know what you want. Yeah. Let me help. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's get cracking here on um, some basketball talk. Uh, it's going to be basically all last dance or last dance associated episodes five and six today. Um, Maddie, I don't know if you got a sting for question one, but if you got something, 
Give it to me. This is Adam Silver. Okay. Um, episodes five and six. There's so much going on that uh, I'll just kind of let unravel through the questions and throughout the episode. But um, probably some of the big overarching things is uh, we saw Jordan's third title um, against Phoenix uh, as a first three-peat, uh, the introduction of Tony Kukoc, and then also, uh, you know, of Jordan's nefarious behaviors of gambling and, and that sort of thing, and kind of just moving beyond Michael Jordan as this uh, figure that's just kind of like idolized. Obviously, the Dream Team was in there as well. Uh, so, obviously, there might be a bit of issue with the phrasing of this question. Uh, my guests were kind of razzing me a little bit, but I'll just let it fly. Uh, Pat, I'm going to start with you. Um, if you didn't know, you know, if you were someone, you know, or if you weren't super familiar, okay. what's more shocking? You know, looking back at just how incredibly dominant this New York Knicks team was, you know, being in the state they are now. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, just how elite Charles Barkley was. Like he was someone that was so good that it made sense for him to genuinely, genuinely believe he was better than Michael Jordan. Obviously he I lost think, and then that changed, but sorry. Yeah. I think I would go Barkley because like uh, him now is just this walking mean kind of guy. Like he's, just funny like he's just a guy on tv yeah uh and also he's not in any of the video games at all because like he he doesn't want to be in there so i think a lot of kids don't know how good he actually was that's a great point opposed to the knicks where like you're watching the knicks and you just think to yourself they had to be good at one point in their time right to be like a storied franchise to be a franchise that exists you know yeah, fair enough. Because if they stuck forever, why the hell are they still around? So, like, were you were you a big, like, Barkley fan at any point? Or is that just, like, something you kind of knew in the back of your head? And then so, seeing seeing this, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. Like, are you going to go, walk, like, back and watch any Barkley? He, he has a lot of fun highlights. Like, I remember uh, in high school, I, like, like, I used to smoke weed and just watch old, like, uh, 1990s, like, uh, clips and I think uh, just watching that small round man dunk the ball was always a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, he um like I'm just looking at like his kind of like overall like stats. Here's something that's kind of nuts. His lowest scoring season at, that he ever played was 14 points. Wow. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna flip to you. Uh, you know, watching kind of how good the Knicks were. And how dominant Barkley was in in these in these last episodes, did one jump out to you more than the other? The one thing I okay, let's have some caveats. First, growing up, I was a big New York Knicks fan. I was my brother. The reason one of the reasons why he wears number three because my brother always liked the same teams that I like is because he was a big John Starks fan. He really liked John Starks wore number three. It's like 90% of the reason why he's an Allen Iverson fan is because Allen Iverson wore number three and was a Hoya. And he loved Georgetown. So putting the two together was like a match made in heaven. He ended up being a really good player. So I was like, huge. 
watching that like Charles Smith miss all those uh all those last second shots brought so much anxiety back. I like huh. did not I, I just relived that moment. I was in that moment again. Uh that all being said, the Knicks were not a good team. I am so sorry, but like there is something about that narrative about the Knicks being a good team and it and being the next Detroit Pistons, and you look at the episodes before who the Detroit Pistons were, like the Detroit Pistons were like, like good play, like a bad call away from three peating, and these Knicks can never get it together. Like they needed Michael Jordan out of the league, and even then, that third seeded Chicago Bulls team took them to what seven games the year they were gone, and then for them to lose the Rockets in the finals, like. It was pretty weak sauce. I mean, Charles Barkley, I knew Charles Barkley was good, uh, even though the Phoenix Suns final was, like, the one final I was, like, heavily rooting for the Bulls because I really wanted to see a three-peat when I was a kid. I wanted right. to see what that was like. Uh, but, like, Charles Barkley I knew was good. Like, I knew Charles Barkley was good in Philly, and I he was an MVP. He was, he was really good, but he, I knew he wasn't Michael Jordan. Um, even as a Knicks fan, every Knicks fan knew Michael Jordan was the best player in the league. Um, but to be like that Knicks team, that Knicks team was like a pure rival to the Bulls. No, they weren't. They weren't a pure rival. They they were a pure rival the way like the Raptors were a rival to the LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers. And I'm a Raptors fan, but I'm sorry, but like. You know, LeBron looked at the schedule and was like, okay, this might take six games, but we're still getting by them. Michael Jordan did the same thing. He was like, okay, we got the Knicks. It's not going to be a sweep, but we're getting by these guys. So that's the big thing that I'm really shocked of is everyone's looking at these Knicks teams going, they were they were so good in the 90s. The Knicks were so good in the 90s. And I was a big fan of the Knicks in the 90s. So. Hmm. It's me coming back going, I guess I just wanted a New York team to just do it for some reason. Yeah, I think like, you know, that's always a feeling in, in most of the major leagues. Like there's these kind of these, you know, signature teams that, fee- that you know, people feel like it's important for them to be good um, yeah. to kind of like generate, um, you know, generate just – popularity for the league and everyone thinks like a good team in LA and a good team in New York will be more money for the league because of the two biggest markets, which is, I always say like the biggest load of crap, especially in the internet social media age where everyone knows who everyone is regardless of where their market is. I also like also thinking back, like the moment the Raptors were in the league, I stopped cheering for the Knicks altogether. Like it wasn't even like they're my second favorite team. It was yeah, like, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that. Who? I was like, who are these guys? Like, I don't. They were like the ex-girlfriend in high school. You're like, no, I didn't date them. No, not at all. So I, I feel like it's fair for you to set the record straight on the Knicks. And I'm, I'm just kind of looking back here as well. And like, you know, these Riley teams and these Van Gundy teams were really good. Like, like they, you know. But I think it's also fair that you're saying they weren't as good as the Pistons. Like, the, you know, this wasn't a team that was threatening a three-peat. So let me just read this to you guys. Um, I'll start from I'll start from 19 uh, I'll start from 1990 um, or 89-90. So we got uh, lost conference semis, lost first round, lost semis, 
lost uh, conference finals, lost in the finals, lost conference semis, lost conference semis, lost conference semis, lost conference semis, and then I'll stop here in uh, 98-99 where they lost in the finals again. Actually, the, the year after that, they also lost uh, – uh, in the in the 2099 year, they lost uh, in the uh, conference finals. So this this Knicks team was winning a lot, uh, and they really did have a, a very good records throughout the 90s, and and you know win a lot of playoffs, but uh, a, a lot of playoff games. But to your point, Yao, I think you know they were more so a thorn in the side of Jordan. I think. Unfortunately, the Raptors were even less than a thorn in LeBron's side. Yes, sadly. Um, okay, well, we're we're gonna, we'll, sorry, so, we'll, but we go got ahead. we got a ring. Yeah, we got a ring. We got a ring. So not over LeBron, change. though. Yeah, a hundred percent not over LeBron. Hey, listen, let's let's look at the comparables. Uh, LeBron left the Easter Conference. We got a ring. Michael Jordan left the game of basketball. They lost in the finals. I mean, talk about. Well, well, I mean, they still won the East then, though. Like that's kind of the same logic. They did not. They did not take advantage of the gap that was left by Michael Jordan. And I'm not saying the Knicks weren't good teams. They were just not as good, not nearly as good as people remember them. Like there's this fondness about the '90s, in which I do an era which I do love, but there's this fondness around like this rivalry that just isn't. It's well, yeah, I hope, I hope you know that a bunch of guys that are dressed like Jerry Seinfeld are going to attack you uh, as soon as you step outside. I, like <laughs> a bunch of people in 90s wear um, are just going to rush you. So, they, they, they're going to rush me online. No you got a hex. In real life. <laughs> um, okay, let's move, let's move to question uh, uh, number two. Um, Maddie, you know, I keep throwing to you. I don't know what you got, but... Uh, Oh, wait, wait, sorry. This isn't a question. This is actually, uh, this is my 2K player. So, um, Matt, actually, if you have um, some classically inspirational music, uh, I'd love to read you guys my, my, my 2K player's most recent accomplishments. There you go. Whew, here we go. I hope you guys are ready for this. Um, yes. Federico Rivas, uh, <laughs> who was drafted by the Raptors. Um, obviously, there's no chance for me to fill that Kawhi gap, but um, we're getting kind of deep into the season. I accidentally sim two games, really pissed me off. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you guys uh, some of uh, Federico Rivas's uh, player highlights, and uh, I'll field a couple questions afterwards uh, if you got anything for me. So, first things first. I'm averaging 14 points, three rebounds, and seven assists. Ooh. 46% from the field, 37% from three. So this is lots of big improvements here. I got my first triple-double. It was massive. Um, you know, it was a flat 10 and 10. Uh, I think I got 24 points or something like that, but pretty big game. Nice. Um, fourth now in rookie voting. And I got named to the rookie sophomore game, which I got to play. I, I got a bit benched, but uh, no complaints. I was honored to be there. I, I also don't like, though, that I, I didn't get to choose my nationality. So I was on team, you like the American team. And um, yeah, you know, I wish I was on the team world. And 
More importantly, and this is what I really got to work on here, the Raptors with me, um, our next game is uh, against Phoenix, are currently 32 and 23. Okay. And the Raptors oh. in, in, in the real world at this time were 40 and 15. <laughs> so they're still quite a bit better without me. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm doing my best. And uh, I think we'll be in good shape uh, come playoff time. We're, we've now moved into fourth place. And uh, last little fact, I got uh, a text from the assistant coach. And the franchise wants to give me um, some, you know, uh, some play calling privileges. So they're showing me the Raptors playbook and I get to design a couple plays here and there. And uh, yeah, that's it for my 2K player for the... Uh, for the week. Do you guys have any questions? Oh, yes. Uh, were your stats better on those two simmed games or were you worse? Matt, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it's a painful question. Much better. Um, the stats, uh, I had a record five for eight threes. So I hit four threes in a game once. And uh, yeah. yeah, the other game, I went four for seven. So I've never even come close to that. If I, if I hit four threes or three threes, yeah. I've taken 10 or 11 shots from range. <laughs> uh, Freddie, uh, real quick. Uh, uh, hi, this is uh, um, Eric uh, Johnson from Slam Magazine. Hello, sir. Uh, I am just wondering, uh, in your triple-double game, did you end up winning the game? I lost, and for my comment option... I chose to mention that I still thought the accomplishment was important, even though it was in a loss. Uh, hey there, Freddie. Uh, 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 it's me, Joe Smith from realnames.com. I have a quick question for you. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Um, I'm to believe that you are, uh, this is the last year of your contract. Are you going to re-sign with the Raptors or uh, spread your wings somewhere else? This is a great question. Um, I think I... I'll see how we, how, how we do. Um, obviously I've grown up a Raptors fan. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I podcast about the Raptors. So this is a really unique opportunity for me. Uh, also being a player, but, um, yeah, I think if I don't win a championship, I might explore my options. Wow. Do you have any teams in, uh, in your mind? I think I'll have to pick a team that has not won a championship because, um, just, you know, my life's a video game, so it'll be fun to go to a place that sucks and then win. <laughs> oh, Freddie, uh, uh, Freddie, uh, this is Todd Michaels from Sports 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 Blog. Hello, sir. Yeah, um, I am just wondering the uh, rookie sophomore game. Uh, were you overwhelmed by the moment? I um, I think I was uh, a bit overwhelmed by the moment. I I called for the ball. Probably 20 times too much, uh, as uh, you know what the video game said. But um, I, I also think I didn't get my fair shot. You know, uh, Zion's ahead of me uh, in popularity. So is Ja Morant. And um, I just didn't get enough playing time. Trey Young, you know, he was taking a lot of shots, and I kept running over to him and demanding the ball. So I think the coach probably didn't like that. And, uh, yeah, I guess a bit overwhelmed, maybe a bit over-aggressive. But uh, – I got seven assists. Oh, okay. So no biggie. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think that about does it. Sorry, uh, Freddie. One more question. Uh, sure, sure. Hi, I'm Gert Wheeler from uh, Sports with a Z at uh, Hey, Gert. Yeah, Angel. we love you, Gert. Oh, Gert, love the pieces you've been writing lately. Ooh, yeah, Gert, 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 Gert. Gert, Gert, Gert we should Gert. be asking you the questions. You're a bit of a celebrity uh, question. You're the goat. But sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I uh, just know that earlier on in your career, you had uh, some uh, endorsement trouble where. Uh, uh, I think it was Puma walked out of the room when you demanded more money. Is there uh, any other endorsements on the horizon? And uh, are you going to pull an MJ and, uh, you know, hide the uh, endorsement of a, another brand if you have to? Very good question. Um, you know, Gatorade's in the mix. Beats uh, is also a, uh, Beats? a sponsor. Yeah, like a Beats. F- They're in the mix now. Um <laughs> And Puma still. Uh, I'll say this: um, no more walkouts. Uh, people are treating me with a lot more respect these days. But uh, I, I was told by the franchise that I get to pick a cause, uh, so I'm really excited to pick a cause, and uh, I'm hoping that cause can be, um, you know, like uh, Antifa or something like that. Um, <laughs> Openly Antifa. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want my guy to, you know, I really want him to shock the world. So, uh, or, or maybe maybe not Antifa, maybe something along the lines of um, Mr. Robot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, the I think show I want or to the pick, mentality? I think both. Maybe a bit of, like, if my guy is, like, actually I'm Banksy, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, we'll see what my, what his causes can be, but I, I definitely want to take it in a, a less branded direction. Maybe, maybe some David Blaine stuff. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think that about does it for the segment. Um, we're going to move back to, uh, the last dance and, uh, and talk about, um, I think someone that, uh, everyone's kind of feeling for, uh, and that's a one Mr. Tony Kukoc, uh, Maddie, if you got a sting, would you give it to me? Baby. Uh-oh. Can somebody get nurse a fisherman's friend, please? Not a COVID sting. Check the tapes that was done way before this crisis. That is a fisherman's friend plug for Nick Nurse. Everyone, It's in his contract. Audio. <laughs> he has to have a sore throat. It's in his contract. Everyone's favorite audio, audio uh, <laughs> piece by uh, by a one Matt Duncan. It's a uh, it's the sound of um, someone coughing in a hallway. Well, no, uh, they're yeah. on a they're on a they're on a court. They're on a court. There's basketballs dribbling. For goodness' sake. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. There is basketball dribbling. <laughs> um, but it does sound pretty yeah. empty there, though. It does sound pretty. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not. I would say right oh, now, God. those are fairly triggering sounds. It is a triggering sound. And we're on week five. You've not given up on that sound, Maddie. (laughs) I'm getting us through this, guys. Okay? I have a quick suggestion. Have we tried a fisherman's friend to cure the virus? Have we thought of that yet? Have we? I think you just did. The Raptors um, are uh, all negative with it. And you know why? Nick Nurse gave them all fishermen friends. <laughs> Think about oh. it. That's what he did on the plane when they were coming back. He did on the plane right <laughs> oh, after. Oh, he just knew. Take you up, boys. <laughs> they just played Utah, and they were like, hey, have a fisher's friend. Right. I don't know. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the idea that if someone had the cure to like a um, a global pandemic, that they would like toss it to 
people on a plane and say, chew it up, boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like how scientific that is. Like he's that confident, but but at the same time, he's not going to be like super detailed or elaborate. Like he's yeah, just going to say, a "Nerd." He plays. Yeah, guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to leave it. He's going to leave the, the you know the administering to to each each individual. He, that's right. He's not a nerd. It's a very Arkell's it, move of him. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, speaking of cool. Um, I'm sure he's worn a a bunch of leather in his day. Uh, Former Yugoslavia, Croatia man, Tony Kukoc, um, had a pretty damn good um, NBA career and uh, was fairly early on the um, trend of international players, which is obviously uh, increasing every year. Uh, Pat, let's start with you. Um, Obviously, you know, Tony... I think the way he's portrayed in the doc is that, you know, it's this guy who kind of is, is, is bullied. And I think that was kind of like a one-off experience where the reality of his career is that he was, he was really good and he won a lot and he won a lot of championships with the bulls. I'm not sure. I don't think he, he didn't win all six. I think he perhaps won four, three, four or three. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Because I, because I thought he was on the whole back half. And then a, a, a bit yeah, of like the, the first half. Um, but uh, regardless, um, who, who, who to you is kind of like an example, you know, it doesn't have to be a current player, but someone who for whatever reason was perceived a certain way and then kind of like excelled or, or was, was much better than that. And, and kind of like, blasted that initial description away like a, like a couple of guys uh, uh first popped in my mind i thought of uh, victor oladipo where like on the magic it just didn't work on uh, uh on okc it uh, it just didn't work but then with the pacers he became like a real star i also thought of dirk uh, i think dirk's a good like um exam example here because oh, he's a great one. was super soft even though he was like MVP, like probably top three guys in the league for like three to four years, but then just, but, but then he just couldn't win a championship. And then in 2011, he made history and beat like the devil team, the heat. So yeah, I think Dirk is a, uh, he's uh, a, he's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple guys that jumped to my head was, uh, I, I guess I was thinking not, not as good as Dirk. Um, but uh, for me, a big one is actually J.R. Smith, because I tried to think about a guy that was really talented and people they you know, his whole career kind of wanted to describe him as this like complete knucklehead who would blow up any situation. And, you know, that's 100 percent true and he did that a lot (laughs) but he also proved that he can be a part of like some incredible teams um and you know was a part of one of the most you know most miraculous championships of all time and one of the best feats of winning of all time in the comeback with the uh warriors uh or sorry uh the the comeback against the warriors so he also helped uh the warriors win that one year too he did. He certainly did. But I, but I think he kind of proved that he was more than just this this knucklehead. He proved that he could win at the like absolute highest levels, which to me, you know, not everyone's going to be an all-star or an MVP type guy. But I think if you at any 
point in your career can be like a major rotational piece of a championship run and, and, and or of, of a title run. I think like there's not much that can be said about you. Like you are an absolute winner. Um, even like, like, like watching a guy like Paxton, you know, hit that shot. It's like, he's, he's good to go. Like he, he just feels good about that moment for the rest of his life. And I mean, I'm not saying Paxton had a lot of doubters, but, but yeah, I'll jump to you. Is there any, any guys you think maybe had a bit of a rough start and then, um, Oh, sorry. My, my other guy was Markel Fultz. Uh, he, he's not there I mean, yet. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, um, that's a bit early, but, um, yeah, yeah. Was there any guys that jumped to your mind? Kind of like I uh, had like a rough start, and you're like, oh, I don't know, and then became good. I can't really think. The only person that really comes to mind is Steph Curry, where people were like, I was thinking him too. He was injury prone. People thought he was too small. They didn't think he was going to do anything. The Raptors were close to like trading up to get him, but they they just couldn't make the move happen. And they get drafted, and he was kind of like, meh, in his rookie year. And then suddenly now the whole league is modeled around how he plays. So it's only – and, like, if you look at that draft – I don't know what we're drafting look at later, but if you look at that draft, like, he was – like, he wasn't hyped. He, he he wasn't the person that people would think, oh, this guy's going to go first overall or top five. He was, he was, like, barely a lottery pick, and even when he got picked in lottery, people weren't even sure. So – it's the only player I could think of that like kind of exceeded expectations. Other than if I was being a homer, like Villanova's own, um, you thought it was going to say Cal Lowry? No. Alvin Williams, who was also on a playoff winning team and exerted leadership, stepped up when uh, people thought he couldn't. So those are the two players that popped in my head. Yeah, and um, no, I, think, I think those are great examples too because like Steph also – was so good he changed the game. And then Dirk is a guy as well who I think he he kind of like inherited a lot of like European doubt and just kind of like dismissive behavior in the NBA. Yeah. And he really had to kind of overcome that. And I think in in, in a similar but different way, Steph was this guy who kind of like you know, you, you can't win just by like, you, you know, like jump shooting teams can't win championships, right? Like that's like a very popular thing or yeah. even though the goal, the weirdest part about Golden State that never gets talked about is how incredible they were on defense their entire run. But, um, but yeah, like I think Steph did change the game. He's like, no, you can't just shoot your way to a championship. Um, yeah. Pat, any, any, any more guys that popped um, to mind when we were talking? Your JR uh, uh, pick got me thinking about JaVel McGee. Oh, he's a great one. Yeah, he's. I was kind of fishing for guys. Champion. Like, he's a. He's a. Multi- the two-time he's a, champion. Two-time champion. Yeah. yeah. He's a two-time champion. Yeah. Um, oh. like an absolute joke at the start. I mean, like him and Shaq had a whole beef about it. Yeah. Where, like, no. He was 100%. the biggest joke on the internet, but then he's had some good years with the Nuggets and then uh, also with Warriors you know he's a real player and then even this Lakers team I feel like he's uh, like an emotional leader yeah he's kind of like teaching like Dwight he's like you just gotta chill (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean and like a a guy like Dwight is like oh Um, I would say Dwight Howard is my opposite pick like a great start and a terrible (laughs) everything else yeah no no Dwight is one of those guys where he basically like 
is a, like a lock for the Hall of Fame. Hundred oh, percent. But had so many years where like he he's almost has a Weezer effect where he's had so That's many. That's amazing. He you is the I mean? Weezer <laughs> of basketball. That's he is very the, accurate. Because you know, there's been it's now not even like two albums away from his like really good album. It's like you're like you're looking at like seven. <laughs> or six or however many you know albums weezer has but yeah if you that. look at, if you look at those magic days it's like this guy's absolutely i own his jersey ridiculous. that's how much i love dwight howard um okay i think you you know we're kind of like we're kind of enjoying the past a little bit uh <laughs> it might be time to move over to uh maddie's draft from the from the past unless yeah i want to give you the opportunity did you any other guys come to mind for you here I can't think of anybody who like, ex- like greatly exceeded expectations. The only thing that I, the only player that came to mind where expectations were a little skewed by the time they hit the league is Arvidas Sabonis, where everyone was like, "This guy can take over," but but he spent so long in Europe. By the time he finally came over and played with the Trailblazers, he wasn't the same player. He was still pretty good, but people were like, "This was the guy you guys were talking about this whole time," but it's kind of like the other way. Right, yeah, I, I I think that's pretty fair. Um, from a personal standpoint, I remember I was upset with the Valentinus draft for like two months. Oh, then, me too. And then was like, wait a second, Lithuania is different than Italy. Um, and, <laughs> and then uh, you know, I a lot of lessons learned for me. Um, but uh, yeah different country different players and uh different people from the same country are are also different players so freddie's freddie's learning a lot about uh, people <laughs> but um yeah, 2012 with a big year for nuances. yeah picking up on a lot of nuances big year um matt uh do you want to take us back to to some period in time with uh, a draft from the past let's do that now i'm trying to kind of keep it related a little bit to the last dance because we're pretty last dance centric on these uh podcasts recently and i figured well why not go back to the last dance season because there's also a big draft for the raptors uh so let's go back to 1998 and the uh, conclusion of the uh, Last Dance Championship. Ooh, whoa. Look, you guys in the wormhole with me? These town cues are always ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you look to your left there, you'll remember that uh, in 1998, Clinton dropped his most uh, you know, imitated line of his career, the I did not have sexual relations with that woman line. Oh, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Uh, Dr. Dre, you know, this uh, producer came out and he signed an unknown rapper to Aftermath Entertainment named Marshall Mathers, uh, better known as Eminem. That's when he got his start with Dr. Dre. Uh, and as you know from the last uh, last dance, the last two episodes, Seinfeld aired its two-part series finale, garnering 76.3 million viewers and uh, I just can't think about how weird it was to see Jerry when he was in that dressing room. Like he didn't, he seem so like, Oh, Oh, his so bitch didn't weird. hit. Yeah. No, it was, super, he was bombing. Yeah. It was really funny. <laughs> Wait, I was Matt, like, man, Matt, I want to throw back to you, but like, yeah. I, I just want to, I'm so <laughs> glad you brought up Jerry Seinfeld because <laughs> I was going to ask in the quickish questions later on, but 
I've, has anyone ever seen someone less phased by Michael Jordan? Yeah. Like he makes like Ahmad Rashad looks like he's sweating buckets when he's around Michael Jordan. Jerry was like, hello, I barely care. Like, <laughs> like Jer- Jerry was walking around like, what do you, what he said? Like, good luck in the game tonight to like the player who he for sure didn't recognize. I was like, this is insane. Michael Jordan is like the biggest celebrity in the world. And somehow Jerry Seinfeld is like, I'm bigger than you. Like he obviously <laughs> wasn't, but I don't know. It was, it was very interesting seeing Michael Jordan, like kind of like delicately talk to Jerry. Yeah. And Jerry be like, Oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Like I, I know Jerry wasn't being very funny, but I just, to me, it was also odd to see like, to see someone who wasn't totally, you know, just like enamored by Michael, enamored Jordan. by Michael Jordan, like someone who was of in some way equal celebrity. Well, we know we've talked a lot about nineties fashion on the last dance. Like then Jerry comes oh. in the room and it's like, look at his nineties fashion, like tucked in pink, uh, dress shirts into blue jeans with no belt. Jerry Seinfeld oh, yeah. folks. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's a, she's a Travago sex machine. <laughs> That's a great name for a band. Uh, two more facts about 1998 that everybody's going to be wondering about. Uh, I bet you were wondering, when did Elton John become Sir Elton John? That was 98. <laughs> oh, I was wondering. <laughs> he was riding off that candle in the wind, and that that's what got him in. It's like she could not knight him after that in 97, right? Oh, that song was huge. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we have to knight him. We have to knight him. Yes, queen, we will. Jesus. Uh, And then uh, the last thing, I didn't realize this, uh, but uh, after the last dance, the NBA entered into a player lockout that shortened the season by 50 games. Yep, I remember that. Holy cow. So first came out winning the title. So that's that's all that happened in 98. Let's go to the draft in Vancouver, Canada. Heyo. Whoa. Rounds are beautiful. All right. So now we're in the draft here. 1990, this is a big draft for the Raptors, not by uh, the pick that they they drafted, but who they traded on the same day. Uh, first overall, LA Clippers took Michael Olawakandi. Yeah. Olawakandi. Yeah. You thought you thought I was going to screw that up, but I looked it up. I knew you were going to screw that Did up. Did I screw it up? I thought I said it right. Olawakandi. Yeah. Is that yeah, still wrong? Yeah. You're doing okay. You're moving oh, pretty fast God. in the middle. Uh, well, I won't screw this with Second, Vancouver took Mike Bybee. Um, <laughs> okay, that's really good. It's Mike Baby. Mike, Mike Baby. Mike Bybee is the best thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> Third overall, Denver took uh, Rafe LaFrance. Nailed it. Uh, fourth overall, the Toronto Raptors took Anton Jameson. Followed yeah. by uh, the Golden State Warriors taking Vince Carter fifth overall. And it was a draft day trade, obviously. Vince going to uh, the Raptors for cash. I still don't understand this trade. Uh, why we didn't just take him fourth overall? Do Maybe you guys can elaborate. I think it, it was a scenario where one team, like where both teams wanted the, like each player. Like we wanted Vince. Yeah. And they wanted Jameson. Oh, okay. So I think the teams were just kind of talking throughout. Right. Um. And so we drafted Jameson knowing we were going to trade him right away. Nice. Well, to finish off the top 10, we got Robert Trailer going to Dallas. That's right. Tra- 
tractor trailer baby tractor trailer oh shit (laughs) i messed up my vehicle (laughs) (laughs) no that that guy pulled down so many rims rest in peace right did he really in in the seven seasons a couple years ago nice oh no i don't know Oh, he passed away he passed away ah yeah um well the recover from that don't forget jason williams going seventh overall to sacramento Oh, yeah, the white candy. Damn it, chocolate. No. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Hughes. You're never getting these. You're always uh, so- I'm so close. <laughs> you are so close, though. Kudos. Damn it. Close. Uh, Larry Hughes went eighth to fifth to uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Mr. I Dur- just got a cameo video from him. From Larry, my friends. Larry Hughes? Yep, it, yep, it's ten dollars on cameo. Oh my, ten dollars! Ten dollars, that's it. It's been at thirteen You're seasons. Have to send in the that NBA. video to Matt. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I definitely will. Oh Post my god! Uh, the last two picks of uh, the, of the top ten were huge. Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki went ninth to Milwaukee, and Paul Pierce went tenth uh, overall to Boston. Wow, massive! Yeah, this is yeah, a pretty huge draft. I remember that drafting huge. It's a pretty good draft. Uh, now I know. We had Keon Clark for a bit, right? We yeah. did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. He, and Rasho. Yeah, he went and, 13th overall. Sorry? Mr. Rafer Alston himself Rafer, going in the second round. That is true. Rafer Alston, uh, he was one of my uh, late but great picks uh, that I was going <laughs> to let you guys know about. But uh, thank you, uh, Patrick. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Really don't worry. Yeah, this is guys, a collaborative don't steal that shit. <laughs> hey, Matt, give, well, give to my loop. He didn't say Catino Mobley. That was my other one for our late these but great. freaks are going to ruin everything for you, Matt. You got <laughs> to hit up, hit us with the highlights. Um, I'm going to say uh, uh, too bad, so sad. What a waste award goes to uh, Corleone Young. And I think he uh, he only played three games, but... If he was a star, he'd have been like called the Godfather, you know, Corleone. Would have been a really cool thing for him in the press. Big time name. Uh, huge name. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it for, do you guys see any other highlights that you like? Uh, Al Harrington, that was a pretty good uh, pick. Uh, Earl Boykins. Nazar Muhammad. The player in the NBA history. I'm a big fan of Earl Boykins. Raptors fans oh, might shit, remember no. Amacio Baston. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a ra- raptor for a short period. Wait, but but Matt, what were you gonna say about uh, Coutinho Mobley? Oh, I was just gonna say he was my other late but great pick. He was in the second round. Uh, Houston, yeah, late but gray pick. Late, His late hair's gray. gray now. Late but gray. Yeah. <laughs> we have yeah, current great. current GM drafted forty fourth overall, Sean Marks. Yeah, mm. yeah. You got another coach in there, and Tyron Liu. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is a step over by Alan Iverson. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Pretty heavy draft. Um, so I'll just ask, uh, three trivia questions for you guys. Okay. Um, and I'm going to start with you, Yao. Um, so obviously Dirk is quite the leader in a lot of categories. Uh, but looking at the total points total, who has the most points between Antoine Jameson, Paul Pierce, or Vince Carter? I'm, I tell you right now, I already know the answer is Vince Carter. Vince Carter I think is like, it's just like weird. He's like super high up there, but Vince Carter. Yeah. 
What? Yeah, no. Paul Pierce says twenty six thousand three hundred ninety seven to Vince's twenty five thousand seven hundred twenty eight. Someone's gonna laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's close. But if you know he can finish the season, maybe he can get another, you know, seven hundred wow, points. Humble pie for Yao. That was big. That was a big moment, man. It was. Chew it up. Vince Carter drops a hundred points a game. <laughs> I, well, I actually thought Paul Pierce, but then when Yao started being like so confident about Vince, I was like, I started thinking back to last year when Vince got Vince got to the you know twenty five thousand club, and I was like, oh, I guess Paul. I just started thinking maybe Paul never did. I never thought Paul Pierce got to the twenty five thousand club. I guess he just had such a consistent scoring. Okay, this uh, I, I'm locked in for this trivia, Matt. I don't want right. to get mine right. I got mine wrong last week. Okay, Freddie. Well, th- <laughs> this question's for you. Okay, now this one is the total assists uh, in this draft. Now, is it Vince Carter? Is it Dirk Nowitzki? Or is it Mike Bibby? Oh God. Ooh, this one's tough because. Obviously, Mike Bibby is the point guard. He racked up assists, but then we're we're talking Dirk and Vince had very long careers, for so long. Yeah, um, man, oh man, let me go, Bibby. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah, Good Mike, job, Mike Bibby. Bibby played fourteen seasons, and he had fifty five hundred and seventeen assists. Vince Carter has currently. 4714 so he's about 800 behind What's his average for his career his Mike, uh, his average Mike, for assists for assists five and a half oh wow well, no yeah. not yeah. too shabby yeah. yeah 14 seasons five and a half yeah that makes sense you, yeah just just do the math yeah yeah uh, i'm just uh, letting people know like <laughs> hey math still works no worries <laughs> uh now my last question will be for you patrick now of these three players, who has the best career three-point percentage? Uh-oh. We've got Dirk Nowitzki. Okay. We've got Paul Pierce. No way. And we've got Tyrone Liu. I feel like this is a trick question because I feel like Liu shot like four threes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say Dirk. <laughs> it's, is it Liu? It's Liu. Yeah, yeah Lou's got a three nine one. Dirk's got yeah, a three eight zero. Because I know it's not Paul Pierce because that guy chucked him up a lot in the mid two thousands. Yeah, Matty D curveball fastball. I know, jeez. Yeah, Paul Pierce had a three six eight. Still respectable. And uh, guys, that was the uh, nineteen ninety eight draft in the year nineteen ninety eight. And in the words of Sir Elton John, "Let me get you back to the pleasant times of twenty twenty." <laughs> <laughs> we're back is everything better everything's better um Whoa. we all remember sir Elton john's famous quote um <laughs> whatever you just said <laughs> but uh, uh that was wonderful you live your life like a candle in, in the, the wind. wind yeah beautiful <laughs> um that would be a precarious life Candle in the wind. Just saying. <laughs> um, let's talk. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, my last question actually, uh, and this is more so just to kind of explore, um, explore some of the more underappreciated teams because it's it's always such a you know the narratives are so title driven um, that if you you don't walk away with a champion or with a title, 
often you just kind of aren't remembered in, 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 in a, in a nuanced way or appreciated properly. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Phoenix, the, the, the Barkley, uh, the Barkley sons were kind of highlighted in this, uh, in these last two episodes of, of last dance. And so were the Knicks, um, the Pistons earlier were highlighted, but the Pistons, um, obviously won. but even before that, they highlighted some of the, uh, Craig, uh, Elo, um, uh, Cavaliers. So like the Cavaliers, like the, those teams were really good and, and, and they didn't win either. So uh, let me go to you first, Yao, and uh, we'll do this kind of like we did the other question where if you think of something later, we'll just kind of like hop back and forth between the, what, what, what each one of us can remember. But Yao, is there a series that, you know, isn't a final series um, that comes to mind? Like what's like your favorite series? You know, let, let's see if we can get away from the Raptors. Let's uh, let's, Oh, my favorite series that's not a final series. Jeez. Yeah, and uh, it's and it's and it's also not an eventual uh, like eventual champion. Like, like the the like the series the champion wasn't in that series. Actually, um, you know what? Let, let me retract that because I don't want to make it too specific. Just the best series you like in your mind that wasn't the final wasn't in the finals. Oh, uh, oh. No, the the series where. Uh, where the Nuggets upset the Supersonics in that iconic image oh, yeah. of of Dikembe Mutombo holding the ball and just like in like pure jubilation, um, because wait, I don't were, I don't know if I exactly remember that. Was that the first ever eight? Uh, it was the first ever eight beating the first but it was happened in a five game series because that was back when the first round was five out of five, and then like. and so the Nuggets. Ooh came out of nowhere and beat the Supersonics in like at the end of the game, they're on the floor in Seattle because they went to five games and Dikemi Mutombo grabs the rebound and he's celebrating. He's holding the ball and clutching it. Look it up. It's, it's the series I clearly remember because he was just You just gave me at least five YouTube videos to watch. (laughs) Yeah. And he was just like so happy. It was like, you remember basketball being a business and everyone having to be professional, especially like I played a lot. So it was a lot of handshakes and don't show how happy you are or upset you are for winning a game or losing a game. But that guy was, had a right to be, was so happy to win and he just holding the ball. I just love it. That's my favorite series. And none of, and the Nuggets did not go on the win. They lost the next round. Handle like. Yeah, that's 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 a really good one too because sometimes it, uh, there's an incredible series and both teams, you know, don't make the finals and then they're just like super forgotten. Um, Pat, is there a series that kind of stands out to you as like an incredible series that people don't really talk about? Yeah, I remember as a young man, I watched this and uh, I enjoyed it so much. The 2009 first round Bulls versus Celtics. Okay, is this is this Derrick Rose's first playoffs? Yep, yep. This is Derrick Rose's first playoffs. Every yeah, game was pretty fun. much was an overtime game, besides one, and it was right. so tightly contested. Ben Gordon was sh- like Kobe Bryant too. John Salmons was getting buckets. It ben Gordon, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Ben, and, uh, you have, I think it was England, a two Gordon, versus right? seven. Pardon? I said Ben from England, Gordon. Right? I think that's Luau Dang, but I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I messed that up with a weird joke. 
um, <laughs> sorry, go great on. Great nickname, though, from England. No, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, that series was really, really um, like amazing because it made you think Derrick Rose is the next greatest player. Yeah, uh, oh and also yeah. I loved those young Bulls teams. They were just a lot of fun to watch. Like I loved Tyrese Thomas too much. <laughs> well, um, and Noah, and Noah. Oh yeah, God. it was a Noah it was a very amazing. fun young team. And like Butler was on those teams, or, or well, he wasn't on nope. that team. I he, don't think he like, wasn't he, drafted yet. Yeah, he he joined a little bit later, but like he was like kind of a young, like very early on a part of like. I think he was on a. He was on. You played with Noah and Rose for a little bit. Yeah, it was 2011 he was drafted. Or two that yeah, it was 2011 he was drafted. Uh, yeah, but that team, like, I love watching young teams that aren't supposed to be good, but then being good. And, like, also just um, that Bulls team from the mid-2000s with, like, Kirk Heinrich and Dang and this weird rebuild that didn't really work but kind of worked. And then it turned into this young team that was very exciting. So, yeah, that was a great series. I, like, I recommend watching that again. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you guys, uh, you know what I picks? just watched? Wicked picks. You know what I just watched, Freddie? Sure. A couple what? hours before the pod, you know, it was on TV. Uh, the 2016 Game 7 uh, NBA Final at Cavs versus Golden State. And, you know, that's always going to have some good emotion in it with, you know, LeBron bringing it home for the first time to Cleveland. Oh, man. Th- you know? That to me is like maybe. I mean, it's it's up there as far as like my favorite finals ever. I think like like for like like it, it, it would be tough to narrow down my favorite finals ever, but I think that that one's definitely up there. Like the Spurs Heat seven games, um, is is up there for sure. Um, and just yeah, that game is crazy. Like you you have the you know the chase down block. Yeah, and the, that was and nuts. the and the Kyrie shot over over Curry. Yeah. <laughs> And also the Kevin Love defense. Yeah. Yes, you're right. The, the Kevin Love defense for sure. Crazy that's guys. A, that yeah, that, that's also a good. Like, I love these moments where like a guy who doesn't necessarily do a thing is like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's or like like that's like Rodman, Dennis Rodman being like, okay, I'm gonna hit ten free throws in a row because I'm crazy like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, my series. Um, I guess it's, it's a bit more recent than you guys. But my series is um, is the Draymond judo kicking Stephen <laughs> Adams in the balls <laughs> seven games, uh, seven game series with Golden State Warriors and Durant before Durant joined the Warriors. <laughs> um, that yeah. to me was just like it was the blueprint to beat that Warriors team. And I really think OKC totally they had them, um, and and the, that year OKC beat an incredible Spurs team uh, as well, if I'm not mistaken, and and just the the defense of Adams and Ibaka and Durant was just out of control, um, and uh, yeah they ended up losing that series and obviously. Um, Durant left, but uh, that to me, that that series is just so dramatic. Seven games and uh, like intense the whole way through, with just like at least I don't know three MVP caliber players going off every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Any 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 who who started here? Was it you, Yao? Did it when me. we were yeah when we were talking? Did anyone any series jump to mind? Outside of that. Uh... 
No, because I, I was thinking because when you you when you originally put the caveat of like none of these teams ended up going to the finals. That's the only series I could think of where I thoroughly enjoyed, and none of the teams went out to the finals. Um, which is it's just a lot of fun. Um, there was a series where like I can't remember who the Suns were playing against. I just remember like. A Rex Chapman, there's a name that comes out of nowhere. Hits this like <laughs> out of no like this last second three pointer uh in a game. I don't remember if it was a playoff game or get him in the playoffs, but it, it was like this like two step sort of a chuck, but they broke down the analyst three. Um but I don't remember if that was playoffs. I just remember the Kemin with Humbo just going crazy in ninety four. It was ninety four, by the way. Right, right. Yeah, the, I think there was some pretty good Spurs, Spurs Suns series for sure. I think the Suns have been a part of some really the the Suns have had some really exciting, incredible teams that like haven't haven't won at all. Um, there was the ninety, I think it's was it ninety five or 90, the first year Jordan got back and they played against the Magic. Oh yeah, there right. Was also, a lot of fun. Um, where like Michael Jordan was back and everyone was really excited about that. He played a few games. And Shaq dunked on Jordan, which no one talks about. And everyone was like, did Shaq just dunk on Michael Jordan? And then you'd hear a lot of people go, well, it's not the same Michael Jordan, you know. And there were these excuses. And then they end up going to the finals and losing to Houston. But Yeah, because Shaq then got bullied by Elijah on. Yeah. Like she, it, Shaq hadn't had his moment yet. No, that like, like it was so that was still like young, incredible Shaq. That was not like the the champion. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think that about does it for. Um, unless anyone, uh, Pat, you got any any series jump to mind? Uh, there's a lot of Lob City. Uh, yes, great series. Yes, you're right. Uh, Chris Paul in the playoffs is so good. Like it, he is unbelievable in the playoffs. Like, um, I think any, like, there's a lot of Chris Paul series, just period, that are amazing series. Like, didn't he play the Lakers once with the Hornets? And that was an amazing series. Um, uh, I mean, that that Clippers-Spurs series. Yeah. One for the ages. And, like, that was the same year as that weird Josh Smith-Houston big comeback that... uh, Yes, yeah. Yeah, no, like, I think Chris Paul... It's just a like it, like watch a good game of Chris Paul and it's a fantastic game. You know? Yeah. So I think like Lob City or just any Chris Paul series more or less. Honestly, good good suggestions for the listeners uh, if they want to kind of bury themselves in some some basketball highlights. But um, let's uh, let's finish this baby off strong with some quickish questions. What do you say, boyos? Yay! Maddie, would you give me that quickish question sting? Quickish question. <laughs> you guys have no idea how much I'm multitasking right now. I'm like <laughs> breaking up a dog fight, I, I doing it. stings at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> While on me. Yeah, you're the hardest working uh, <laughs> producer in the day. <laughs> Wow, um, Matt, I I appreciate everything you do, and and even more so than that, I appreciate you navigating a bunch of screens because I'm having a tough time just getting to my quickish questions, <laughs> and that's only one tab. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, guys, through cheers for Matt. He's, you know, fires. He's, uh, you know, probably kissing dogs. Or, I, uh, or, you know, yeah. Got a lot of dogs of here. Okay. Uh, we've arrived here at Quickish Questions. Um, it's going to be quick uh, this time. There's not, not a lot of questions. But uh, even still, uh, there's no phoning of friends. Um, you can't delay. I need you guys to answer as quick as you possibly can. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go Pat, Yao, Matt. Got it. Pat. Yep. Pick an album a day for 10 days with no explanation. Oh, Lord. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, You know what? He didn't say list them. He didn't. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm gonna do it. I got ten days. I'm gonna do it. Put it on your Insta story. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, what basketball accessory is the most useless? Uh, example: arms, sleeves, headbands. Ugh. Uh, I don't think any of them are useless to any player that makes them feel like they have a mental um, advantage of wearing it. Like I used to wear a wristband on my forearm where it did not do anything, but I also had like the best gaze I ever played. Um, so the, the closest I'll come to is uh, when when uh, a bald-headed athlete wears a headband. Um, I always think it's funny, um, uh, but I don't really believe that any of them are useless if they if they really want to wear them. Okay, nice short answer from you. Yeah, now. right. Matt, the last question of the pod. Oh boy. Who in the NBA has the best hair at this point in the quarantine? God. Um Okay, well, I don't really know. I haven't seen many players who would have the best hair. Um I'm going to say any player that in the league that bicks it like that is bald and they have to bick their 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 skull <laughs> if they've in the quarantine let a skullet grow out you are a hundred percent the one who has the best hair i want to see those skullets <laughs> Ooh, i like that okay I, i'm having a bit too much fun so i'm gonna make up three <laughs> dumb questions awesome. um pat uh in, in this vein who at this point has the like weirdest facial hair in the nba Oh, uh, uh, it, uh, right now, uh, it's Evan, F- it's Evan Fournier. He has like a half beard. It's really stupid. Okay. I like that Is it just a neck right. beard? No, he shaved half of his beard, like two face. <laughs> what? That's... Like a quarantine yeah, joke or is that? <laughs> I don't know. He's... Maybe it's a French thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This one's for you. Yes. At this point. In quarantine, who is actually in better shape than when quarantine started? Um, outside of, I'm going to say outside of LeBron James, who you know is spending his millions of dollars on his body, and uh, Giannis, who clearly, like, who was hurt before, like, he 
just like got banged up right like the weekend before in the loss against the Lakers and is probably in better shape now. I'm going to say it, it's Kyle Lowry. Kyle, I, I I think Skinny Kyle made a comeback over this. I think he refused all the baked bread and uh, he just had his uh, game face on. I think he is coming back um, to put on his magnum opus. Matt, I have a joke answer. Oh, okay. Pat James Harden, no strip clubs. Matt, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt, at this point in the quarantine, yes. Who, which player, or coach, or personality, do you think has decided that the only good form of music is jazz? (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow! Pick somebody Uh, who's decided. You know what? Everything but jazz sucks. Everything but jazz. Um, okay, I'll go with. Uh, I think because you, you never, you can never figure them out. I'm gonna say uh, OG would say something like that. Whoa, that's a good one. Whoa. Ooh, okay, all right. That's a that, good answer. That does it for quickish questions. Um, that's it for the pod. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Share, subscribe, all that, all that good stuff. All uh, that before- jazz. Yeah, all that jazz, baby. Yes. Um, all that OG jazz. Uh, Matt. Uh, well, sorry, but sorry. before I, I throw to Matt, um, throw I to meant me. to say Pat. Yeah. Hi. Um, Pat, it's quarantine times, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, we're all performers here. You, uh, do you got anything going on? Are you doing anything? If not, do you have a message to the world? Uh, I was supposed to be recording a country album, but can't do that anymore. Because I can't go in the studio. That's fun. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, just please follow me on Instagram at Pat Six God. I do funny content on there. I don't know. Just yeah, you're hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, say same to you, buddy. If you if you don't have any uh, fun comedy stuff going on right now, that's okay. Uh, if you do, cool. But uh, yeah, if not, um, what's your message to the world? Uh, world, uh, you know. If you want to be um, productive, great. If you want to chill and watch Netflix, that's great. What you should do, regardless, is follow me on Instagram. It's Yao Experience, Y-A-W Experience. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with music and reposting other people's stuff. Uh, And everything else that I am doing personally is like writing. So it's not fun for people to see a script. It's just typing on a page but the most fun i have is that in running um that's it right on um cool well uh matt uh i'll I'll leave it with you uh do you want to send this pod into the sweet sweet night yeah you know just everyone keep your head up and you know you got to take the little pleasantries as they come you know you've got a twix bar don't feel the pressure to share you're in quarantine eat both and enjoy them (laughs) both sides of the twix that's what matt's saying guys don't mess around all right thanks so much and uh we'll see you guys next week all right it's the confederacy of dunks basketball podcast 